you got Welcome to the Abstract Podcast. It is Friday, November 15th, and it's pretty cold outside. It is cold outside, and I'm Colin, and this is... My name is Javen, and we're back here in the studio today. It's 1241, so we have 19, 19 minutes <laughs> to record an episode, Until and class. then we're heading back to class. Yeah, man. I seen someone post it on Facebook recently that they were thanking God for the three days of fall that we got to experience. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, something like that. It's Before like, winter. Yeah, it's like it's just hot. There's like three nice days, and then it's just freezing cold. We have this big oak tree that kind of our, it sits on the boundary of our neighbor's property and ours. And um, Wednesday it had, or no, 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 Tuesday it had almost all of its green leaves still. So they hadn't even turned yet. I came home, and that's what that night it rained, and then it got down to like 20-some degrees. I came home Wednesday, and the whole tree was bare. Every single leaf came down, and they're all green. Like, we really didn't. It that, is not, it's that, not a slow death. No, huh. it just died. I mean, the, the leaves came down that quick, Yeah. so there was no fall. But some of the trees, especially here on campus, yeah. are absolutely beautiful. They are. Also, the music that you heard at the beginning of this um, episode was a song called Bon Jovi Shirt by a guy named James Hutton. He uh, sits behind me in communication ethics class. He's a senior here at TFC. And James is president of the Black Spades Film Society here on campus. They make short films, which we should link in the description. And then James also just released um, his newest album called Georgia this year. And his name on Spotify is Solemn Key. Solemn Key. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and that was called Bon Jovi Shirt. He's got some really cool songs that he's been putting out so also we'll end an episode with another one of the songs but yeah so hey as we were sitting here we were just talking about this thing that happened out on the gridiron was it last night yeah it was thursday night football on national tv with um yeah the steelers and the browns were playing it's division rivals and it was right at the end of it. the steelers getting beat by the browns and then they get literally get beat um <laughs> quarterback gets <laughs> Hit and knocked down by the defensive end, Miles Garrett, of the Cleveland Browns. Guy rips his helmet off. Garrett rips the quarterback's helmet off and then swings it at him after the quarterback comes at him and hits him in the head. And then a full-out hood fight ensues, kicking, punching, pile-ups. And there's just like the steady stream of yellow flags just (laughs) raining there. So... uh, Go ahead. Yeah, if you want to see the depravity of humanity, sometimes go check out that. Go check out that. Yeah, what football is like such football. an intricate and orderly sport. You know, that can be, ideally, but man, things can break down really fast. The the capacity of entropy is great. <laughs> My favorite thing about this was what's the quarterback's name here? Rudolph. Rudolph. Like he goes down. And he's mad about the way he got tackled. So he just starts antagonizing the lineman. Then the lineman rips his helmet off, beats him over the head with it, and then Rudolph throws his hands up and he's like, what? Let's have some flags. I just got hit in the head. Like, and then his pick offensive on the lineman. lineman takes after him and, yeah, and tackles him and kicking. jumps on him, kicking, punching. It was ugly. So uh, it looked like he could set a record-long suspension after that, pulling that move. He so, will have a lot of time to think about what he's Yes, done. he will. He's for sure suspended already for the rest of the season and the postseason if they make it. 
Are either of these um, teams contenders? I'm not really. Uh, the Steelers ish. Maybe they might make it wild card, but neither team's mm-hmm. that great. So cool. See what happens with that. Hey, that was ugly. But yeah. Oh, let's quick talk about uh, we have a give giveaway. Yeah. going on. That's really cool thing going on. So we just hung up the posters on campus yesterday. What we're gonna do is uh, Hershberger's Bakery sponsors us mm-hmm. with the bread for every episode where we have a guest. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to be giving doing a giveaway to promote Eagle Radio. So the premise is that if you provide your email address with the agreement that you're you know joining our email subscription list, mm-hmm. you're entered to win a cheesecake from Hershberger's Bakery. And which are good. Is, yeah. It's a Reese's cheesecake, mm. which, I mean, it just sounds, sounds downright <laughs> amazing. So, yeah, there's actually two, there's two different giveaways that are going on. There's one on campus where... There's, like, sign-up sheets around campus with these okay. posters. Yeah. So one student on campus will win or a faculty member. Right. And then um, there's also – we're giving away another cheesecake to our, like, distant listeners. So everyone out okay. there. And the way you enter there is on social media. You just comment or DM your email, and you're entered to win. And when you subscribe, you um, it won't be spam email. What it will be is no, – It'll be, email. like, a weekly email probably yeah. with – Show updates showing you what we've been doing, something right. like that. Because so. there's several shows that go on here. We're yeah. just one of many. One of many. So. Yeah, so today on the show, um, something I've been thinking about is what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just see where it goes from there. But um, there's this thing that I, I was I was listening to this podcast, and it was talking about um, what Jesus says in Matthew. So in Matthew 7... Um, as part of Jesus's like long teaching here with the Beatitudes, um, he's teaching up on a mountainside, and he says all these things. And down in chapter seven, it says like this: "Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to?" the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So it's this idea that before you go out criticizing and trying to set the world right, you need to set your own things in order. And um, yeah, I think, I just wanted to talk about this, but I think in the day that we live in with our access to everybody through the internet and social media and everything it has become so easy to comment and criticize about things mm-hmm. before you even like what i'm saying is you can put your opinion out there and criticize people with no reflection on your own part because right. you're just a face online right and and um you don't even have to do some of the hard work of like looking someone in the eye while criticizing Mm-hmm. what they just said or yeah I get what you're saying there's no relational capacity in in that yeah so then um, I was listening to this podcast which I would highly recommend this podcast episode I listened to it on my commute to school and um, it's Jordan Peterson's one of his latest lectures that he's put out on his podcast it's called Set Your House in Order and he's, he's talking about this and he mentioned um, this book The Cocktail Party by T.S. Eliot and so I, I went and checked at the library, and sure enough, we have it. And so I just wanted to read um, a short passage out of here. It's what's what's going on is this woman named Celia comes to this guy who's like a, I guess a psychologist or I mean a psychiatrist, like a shrink type of thing. And she's wanting, I guess her life isn't going very well, and so she's wanting some advice. But 
it's really incredible. The stance that she takes is that you need to tell me what I can do to fix my own life. Like there's, she says, there's something wrong. And like, I hope to God that it's me and not the entire world. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just want to read this. She says, well, there are two things I can't understand, which you might consider symptoms. But the first I must tell you that I should really like to think that there's something wrong with me. Because if there isn't, then there's something wrong, or at least very different from what it seemed to be with the world itself. And that is much more frightening. That would be terrible. So I'd rather believe that there is something wrong with me that could be put right. I'd do anything you told me to get back to normality. I think that that's really cool. I know even last night I was just kind of venting about just some situations in my life and like I just wish other people would be more workable you right. know, I wish they were just less frustrating but like the t- the stance that Celia is taking here is there are things obviously my life isn't like I hoped it would be but the first place that I'm going to go is to myself and like mm-hmm. I need to set my own things in order before I can criticize someone else right right no and I was actually I was thinking yesterday I was out and working and I was just kind of it was working I was working in the woods just kind of by myself so plenty of time to think mm-hmm. but I was thinking and listening to something and it was kind of it was talking about the same thing um, but talking about like the manner in which we're judged is uh, the manner in which we judge is how we are judged because mm-hmm. um, I was even thinking like how quick I can I'll sit back and whether it's venting about a situation or something, but the vocabulary that comes to my mind is this person needs to be more like this, or even I might even tell that person that you need to be careful not to do this as much, or you need to not do this as much. And you put like these, uh, I don't know, for me, I was just like, how much do I stifle um, their own individualness Mm -hmm. or uh, creativity by putting these like conditions on them from my perspective that they need not to do. Um, so I don't know if that makes much sense, but because the way I thought of it with that manner, like I know when people say you need to do this different, I do not hear that in a helpful sense at all. Yeah. It's like, it's like going to someone else and asking them to change on your terms. Right. Which like with the metaphor is with the log in your eye. Right. Yeah. And I think like the reason that I chafe so much when I hear someone say that is because it can feel like there's an assumption that they know all of the million different thoughts mm-hmm. that are beneath when I made that decision or, yeah. um, and it's almost this, this, um, assumption and talking from a place above me that they know me more than I know myself yeah, and, uh, just don't dignify the, the myriad of different thoughts and feelings and emotions that are coursing through you every second. Yeah, and and to which you brought to the table when you made your decision. That's kind of what we were talking about the other week with objectifying someone. Right. And that really sucks when when you feel that from someone else. Like, they come to you and they say, like, yeah, it's just, like you said, that assumption that you know what went into these decisions and you know in a moment who I am and everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. That's completely just objectifying people. Right. And it's just not helpful because, like, sometimes those people are even right with what they said. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the wrong. And I need to be able to hear that in humility. But that's about the hardest <laughs> avenue for me to hear it in that yeah. in that light. Yeah. So I also wanted to read um, from Genesis 4 where um, it's, like, the first time that, I guess, one one person on the earth 
is like really malevolent toward another, to where Cain kills Abel. Um, and it talks about how Abel was presenting good sacrifices to God, putting his best foot forward. And, you know, like the story isn't super detailed, but maybe Cain, he wasn't doing that so much. And so it says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions and some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked on favor, looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So at this point, you know, Cain is having a really hard time of it. And when he looks out at the world... He's saying there's something wrong with the nature of reality, not with my own self. And then God comes to him and says, um, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And this is interesting. God says, if you do what is right, you will not be, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And then I guess it's just too much for Cain because he sees Abel. That's his ideal, what he would like to be like. But... He can't master sin. And so it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to a field. And while they're in the field, Cain attacks him, and um, he kills him. So he's unsettled with reality, but then instead of looking and setting himself in order to try and solve his problems, he just goes after someone else and kills them. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think, like, why, um, what is it about humanity that has a bent towards um looking elsewhere before looking inward because i was reading something this morning this study i think it was 1989 people magazine did a what they called a syndex which was basically <laughs> this index of sins um from like most egregious to less or whatever um but so they asked people to respond and they averaged out all the numbers and it looks like uh the average person commits 4.64 sins per week, you know? <laughs> and, uh, what in the world? yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And, and like the sins were like the most egregious were like, I mean, it was like child abuse. It was, okay. um, it was, I mean, they were very heinous <laughs> sins, but so yeah, as, as a culture or as, I mean, as a broad brush stroke, but we identified that we commit, you know, a little less than five sins per week. Mm. Um, which isn't that when you make five bad decisions <laughs> a week, it's not too bad. But, and, and I think though, that's how, like, sometimes when we just see like sin as this, um, a measurable thing. Yeah. That like we it did. was a true false question and you picked and A it, and it was B. Yeah. yeah. And so you made a bad decision or something like that, which I think is part of it. But then like, if that's all sin is, it seems like the cross was a bit of a overstatement, you know, it's, you know, it's under five a week. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like getting yeah, down to like absolutely. how T.S. Eliot talked about it in that poem, I thought it was great though. Like something deeply inside of us is turned in a, in a deep way um, and bent wrongly mm -hmm. more than just these acts that we do. And I'm trying to find a quote. There's a great quote that went along that I saw this morning, but I'll see if I can find it then. Yeah. I just, I want to read this again because I, I think it's so good. She says, um, well, there are two things I can't understand which you might consider symptoms, but the first I must tell you that I should really like to think there's something wrong with me because if there isn't, then there's something wrong or at least very different from what it should be with the world itself. And that is much more frightening. That would be terrible. So I'd rather believe there is something wrong with me that could be put right. 
and um in the in the podcast episode which is it's a lecture um in front of a live audience which i would again highly recommend but he he goes into how it's the it's the opposite of this like philosophical position that gets you to the place of like the columbine shooters if you go and you read the manifestos of these people it's just the type of thing where they believe that being and living itself was completely not worth it and like everybody should be killed and it's it's trying to solve the world's problems while you yourself are completely a chaotic mess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did you find what you were looking for? I couldn't find the quote. Yeah. I don't. I'm running out of okay. running out of internet down here. Well, it's twelve fifty eight. You so got to eat the class, so that's class good. I couldn't find it. So, um, the song that you guys are going to hear to close you out is again by um, Solemn Key, which is a guy named James Hutton who makes music and a lot of ukulele and piano and really good lyrics. So, Go enjoy that. Enter our contest, mm-hmm. you could win a, a cheesecake. And if you're one of those people who say, I'm too good to eat cheesecake because it's not healthy, then you, you haven't had this cheesecake. <laughs> that, or you could make a friend by giving it That's to true. someone yeah, who is not as disciplined that. as you. Yeah. So have love a good Love your neighbor with it. Yeah, yeah, love your neighbor. Exactly. Hey, next week we got Dr. H is coming on, I think, for yeah, an interview. Dr. So. H is coming on. So we look forward to that. Dr. Hollingsworth, he's a professor down here in the department. So um, look forward to that. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you, everybody. Even though my arm is like the craters of the moon, the girl next to me is begging for another shoot. Don't even know her name, but I know that we're the same. Can we ever change if we're born to lose? Dust to dust, I will return. Feels like I'm just getting ready to burn. Tell me, can you see? Everything I see, I'm even a traitor to my body, first John.